Good morning. This is Tuesday, July 22, 2014, and Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on today's front page. Russia's message on down jet bluster. Texas governor bolsters border and his profile, and planes dead begin somber journey back home. In today's national headlines, corralling carbon before it leaves stack. Classmate of Boston suspect convicted on two charges and a hospital to pay $190 million over recording pelvic exams. In today's financial headlines, after crashes, payments pile up for air insurers, Senate inquiry faults hedge funds tax strategy, and Netflix says it has surpassed 50 million subscribers. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page, and New York Times columnist Roger Cohen. Now, as selected by the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top stories written from Moscow. Russia's message on down jet? Bluster. Neil Mafarquahar has the story. Russia presented a combination of conciliation and bluster on Monday over its handling of the downed Malaysia Airlines jet, with President Vladimir Putin seemingly probing for a way out of the crisis without appearing to compromise with the West. On one hand, he offered conciliatory words in a video statement, while the separatist allied with Moscow and southeastern Ukraine released the bodies of the victims and turned over the flight recorders from the doomed aircraft to Malaysian officials. However, the Russian Ministry of Defense trotted out two senior officers who demanded that the United States show publicly any proof that rebels fired the fatal missile, and again suggested that the Ukrainian military shot down the Malaysian Airlines jet, despite the fact that Ukraine has not used any aircraft weapons in the fight along its eastern border. Putin seemed to respond to the international demands growing daily that he intervened to rein in the rebels, particularly to halt the degrading chaos surrounding the recovery of the remains. But at the same time, Moscow did not concede that it was at fault. Putin's trying to find his own variation of a twin-track decision because he does not have a clear exit, said Gleb Pavlovsky, a political consultant who once worked for the Kremlin. The pressure continued to expand. President Obama delivered another personal rebuke to Putin over the intransigence of the rebels toward the investigation, hours before they agreed to more cooperation. In addition, an initial expert analysis of photographs of the airplane's fuselage found that the damage was consistent with being struck by the type of missile that U.S. officials said was used. On Tuesday, Russia faces the threat of far more serious sanctions from its main trading partners in Western Europe. Of course, this is a strong blow to him, a strong blow to his strategy, said Pavlovsky, referring to the fact that Russian separatists fighting in eastern Ukraine have been discredited globally, both due to suspicions that they shot down the aircraft and their handling of the crash site. It touches him, too, Pavlovsky said. He wants to get out, but to get out without having lost. Obama called for him to pivot away from the rebels, linking him directly to their abuse of the crash site. Russia, and President Putin in particular, has direct responsibility to compel them to cooperate with the investigation, he said. Putin's statement was issued on the Kremlin website at 1.40 a.m. Monday, with analysts suggesting the timing was aimed more at Washington than Russia. Putin did not address directly any accusations of Russian complicity in downing the aircraft. By the end of the day, there was one small diplomatic victory. 
the Malaysian government dealt directly with the leadership of the breakaway faction in southeastern Ukraine in negotiating for the release of the bodies and the flight recorders.